Hey, babes. I am your host, Christina Catherine McGinnis, a recent college graduate who is just trying to figure her shit out. In the Bottled Blonde podcast, we are talking lots of booze with a new drinking word every week, dishing on our latest dating adventures, diving into work hacks, and the best hashtag self-care tips around. This is a place for all babes to come and chat about the millennial four pillars, booze, boys, business, and beauty. Come with a glass of champs and get ready to laugh, learn, and have a happy hour with your blonde digital BFF. Let's celebrate not having it all together, but having a good fucking time while we're at it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts every Thursday. Cheers. Hello, TBB babes. I am your host, Christina Catherine McGinnis, the founder of KCM Connect, the blog, ChristinaMcGinnis.com, and the podcast, The Bottled Blonde. Hey, what's up? Hello. We are jumping right into things today. Today's drinking word is going to be ring because we are talking with Olivia, who is amazing. She's so fun. She was recently on Forbes 30 under 30 list, which so many people die to get on. And we're talking all about turning your side hustle into a really successful business. She has so much great advice for people who are looking to change up their jobs and also who want to be on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. We talk about what's actually really, really funny is we talk about once she was on the list, what happened, if anything. Because some people, their lives completely changed from being on the list. Others, not so much. So we'll see what's happened with her. And then we talk all about engagement rings. So this is a great episode. We had an episode a little while back that we'll link in the show notes with Melissa Fancy all about like engagements and weddings. This is now about the ring, which I feel like is such a huge aspect of proposing. Or even you're already married and you want to keep adding to the ring. They make everything custom, but they were surprisingly affordable rings which was really shocking to me because I figured maybe it's because I just watched so many celebrities, like 50,000 or 100,000 or kind of huge price points. But hers on her site, and you can go to her site, we'll link everything down below, was really, really affordable. I was honestly shocked. But then we talk about myths, misconceptions about diamonds, and if she designed her own engagement ring. Without further ado, welcome Olivia to the podcast. Hello, TBB babes. I am so excited today. We are talking all things glitz, glam, diamonds with Olivia. And oh my gosh, I'm just, I'm pumped. I was on your guys' website. I was scrolling for like 10 (laughs) minutes because this whole process is so new to me. So thank you so much for coming on the pod. I am jazzed to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. For all the TBB babes who don't know about you, can you kind of just go into how this whole process started. I am like so intrigued to hear about diamond school because I had no idea that that was even a thing. Yeah. So I'm Olivia. I'm the co-founder and CEO of The Clear Cut and we're a direct consumer custom diamond engagement ring company. And we also have diamond fine jewelry. How I got started, I actually grew up in the industry. So like my family was in the diamond business. I come from four generations of diamond cutters and dealers on my dad's side. And my mom and my dad had their own antique jewelry business. So I grew up around it, but 
I never personally thought I would get into it until after college. I graduated from NYU and I always thought I wanted to go into like fashion or journalism, but through like internships and experiences realized that was not my passion. And I wasn't like super excited about that. So I always had an interest in jewelry and just wanted to get more formal training. So I enrolled at GIA, which is the Gemological Institute of America. And it was for a graduate gemologist degree. So that basically means like you become a diamond grading expert and like you're an expert in identifying like colored stones, like sapphires, rubies, emeralds. It's a six month program. I enrolled there and that's actually where I met my now husband and co-founder Kyle. He comes from a really different background. So it's a really niche school. Like you don't really like go there or know about it unless like your family in the business or you're like in the industry. So he had founded a fair trade diamond mine in Sierra Leone and his investors had sent him to GIA to do the diamonds course. So we were in different classes, but we had the same free periods and I'd see him around. Um, and I thought he was cute, but he never talked to me. So <laughs> one day, yeah, one day after school, I always noticed he was taking the same train as me, but he was going uptown. I was going downtown. So I just followed him onto his train. Oh I was like, God. oh, that's so funny. So you were like, I'm just going to kind of get his attention. Did you go like sit next to him? The doors were closing and I like jumped in and he was like standing there. And I was like, oh, hi. Like, I think I see you in school. Like, I'm just like heading uptown for like a hair appointment. I don't know what I was saying. <laughs> and then I think he caught on to me when he was like, what stop are you getting off? And I was like, had no idea where I was going. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, this stop. And I like just jumped out and I was like, I don't know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, crap, I need to hop on the other one. So then yeah. what happened? Did he get your number? Yeah. So I said I had already taken the class he was in and I was really good at it. So I was like, oh, if you ever need help, like I can like tutor you or like help you on like crown angles. I'm like really great at crown angles of diamonds. And he was like, okay. So then he got my number and we like started like doing our homework together after school. And like the rest is history, I guess. That's so cute. I love that you popped on there. When did you tell him that you were not actually getting on that train? Like how long did it take you to be like, by the way, so I just hopped on to see you. Um, I think it was like a couple of years after we were dating. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> I love it. You're like, we're just going to keep this one on lock for a little bit. And then until I like felt really secure about our relationship, <laughs> I didn't want to be like, I'm crazy, like straight out of the game. I love it. That's so amazing. <laughs> so when um, you're in school, like tell us like a little bit about like the classes, what that actually looks like. Is there just, okay. From an outsider's perspective, I'm like, Okay, fun. They just get to play with diamonds all day. Is there just diamonds like everywhere? So there's two parts to it. So if, if you're becoming a graduate gemologist, the first part is diamond grading. So you're looking at like really tiny diamonds all day, every day, just like trying to get like the color, clarity, the cut right. So you can basically determine like what it is. So that's not like the funnest part, but it's like intensive training. And then you move on to colored stones and basically there you're just trying to identify like you get a stone and you're like okay i'm trying to figure out like what it is is it natural is it synthetic if it's synthetic like what how was it created and that's kind of like the fun part even though i don't really work with colored stones anymore wow that's great wait so there are i'm literally so green in this space i did not know <laughs> so there are like natural diamonds that are like found in like mines and stuff and then there are ones that are like synthetically made yeah. So lab grown diamonds are made in laboratories and same with sapphires, you know, rubies, emeralds, they're like synthetic lab grown versions of them, or then there are different processes on how to make them. That's insane. I had no idea. How long does it take to make one? 
Well, in the earth, billions of years, but in a lab, like I think it takes a couple of days to a couple of weeks, depending on what you're creating. Oh my gosh, that's wild. Have you yeah. made your own? No, I, I don't work. No, no, like, I, oh my God. I can only identify. I don't, I don't make them. <laughs> that's wild. I had no idea that was a thing. I'm, I'm like dumbfounded right now. Wow. Okay. So you do all like the identification and then how do you end up? So when you essentially, how many classes are there? Cause it's a six month program. Is it like when you're going to school, is it like a full time? Is it like full time? Like, 12? yeah, it, it was very intense. So it's like all day, every day for six months. And then you take this exam, you take an exam for diamonds you take a, like a 20 stone exam for colored stones too. And you can't get anything wrong, but then once you pass it, then you become a gemologist. And that's when, when I graduated, I started working. My first job was at Tiffany on the engagement floor. And that's where I really, you know, started to fall in love with bridal jewelry, like engagement rings. And at the same time, Kyle went back to Africa for that year until the Ebola epidemic. And then, you know, led his company to shut down and he came back to New York and enrolled in business school at Columbia. So I had left Tiffany to work at a wholesale diamond company. He started at business school and all of his friends were like at that age that they wanted to get engaged. So they would like go to him, ask if he like knew a guy that could help with a deal on a ring. And I was the one working in wholesale. So I happened to be that guy at the moment. So (laughs) wow. Yeah. I helped educate them, pick out their diamonds, you know, design their rings. And then through that, I realized, you know, how many people didn't know the first thing about buying a diamond. So that's what led me to start the clear cut. It was first a blog, just an educational blog for like do's and don'ts. And then start posting some of the designs I was creating on Instagram. And that's kind of where it took off and, you know, strangers started following, asking if I could make their rings. And it was like an accidental like business that happened. That's so amazing. What are some like myths and misconceptions about diamonds? I would say the biggest misconception on natural diamonds, because we only work with natural diamonds, is that they're blood diamonds, obviously, which is like a bad word here. We don't use it, but big Voldemort. You're like, you, you cannot talk about it. Yeah. But it's, there's that misconception because of the movie blood diamonds that like all natural diamonds are like unethically sourced or they have like ties to like whatever militias or wars. And that's just not even true anymore. There's been such a crackdown the past like 20, 30 years um, on the regulations of natural diamonds. And, you know, with Kyle's background in fair trade, it's really like near and dear to our hearts. So it's actually like quite difficult if you wanted a blood diamond, because like in order for the diamonds, like come into the U S they have to go through the Kimberly process. They're really strict regulations. So I would say that is like the number one myth that like you, most diamonds are unethically sourced. Most here are ethically sourced. Wow. That's so interesting. What are some other myths? I would say, I mean, what are some other myths? I would say that I think a myth for like engagements at least is that like, you you know, you can't work with your partner to design your ring. It has to be like a complete surprise. And I think that's definitely a myth. Like times are changing. Most couples are working together. It's like a huge financial decision and like life decision. And you want to make sure that both people are involved as much as they want to be. And you shouldn't feel bad about it. Well, and too, I think that would be awful. That was one thing that happened with a girlfriend of mine. Like he like sweetest man ever, but like has no sense of style or anything that she liked. So he literally was just like, went to a store and was like, that one works. He said he was in and out and under like a few minutes. Wow. So 
Like for that situation, that's why I'm like, oh gosh, if your partner does not know like what you actually like, and then they spend thousands of dollars on something and you're like, okay, I'm wearing that for the rest of my life. Like, oh crap. Like, does that, do you see that quite a bit happen? Less and less because I think more people are involved, more people, you know, are doing their own research on social media, see what they like. And I think it's a more difficult conversation to hedge. Like, I don't like my engagement ring to like, let's like talk about what I do like in case, you know? Yeah. No. So what would you say for like, let's say someone who's like planning a guy or girl who's planning an engagement and they're like, Hmm, I'm starting to like, think about like wanting to propose and stuff. What's like a good, like lead in to figure out what they like and don't like in rings. I would say like the first place you should start that's super easy is just online. I would look on social media, on Instagram, on Pinterest, just to gauge like what aesthetically and what styles are you gravitating towards. And then from there, once you kind of narrow down like the general look you're interested in, get more information on like that type of cut. So like we have clear cut classrooms where we like dive deep onto each and every diamond cut, all like the nichest things you can know about diamonds, like Learn about like the quality, the ratio, you know, the proportions you're looking for. And then also, if you can just like go around and try as much as you possibly can on so you can outline exactly what you're looking for. I know I like yellow gold. I know I like a cushion cut. I know like the more information you have, the better that your partner will do for you. If you don't want to be involved. Yeah. No, I love it. Okay. So essentially be like, Hey, we're going out to brunch or lunch, buy a diamond store and be like, how fun would it be if we just like headed on in here and then be like, let's go, like, just go look around or let's go. And you don't even have to go with your partner. If you just want to like go in with your girlfriends, if you feel more comfortable doing that and like your friend knows exactly what you're looking for, you can like make, I get like PowerPoints or like very detailed bullet points where guys like, this is what I have. I don't know what this means, but can you like help me understand this? I'm like, yes, perfect. (laughs) Wow. Okay. I love this. This is so fun. So when a couple comes to you, what's the process like start to finish? So we always start for engagement rings with an initial phone consultation with one of our gemologists. So this is where we get like a good understanding of their preferences, you know, what they're searching for. We can help answer any questions and kind of walk them through what our process looks like because it's a bit different than, you know, a traditional retail experience. So we always start virtually. We have a custom portal for each of our clients to log in to their preferences. And then our team of gemologists will handpick a selection of loose diamonds based on the client's specification. Each diamond is inspected in person by myself and our team to ensure for quality. And then they're prompted to view these options in their portal. So they'll see photos, videos, descriptions, and pricing of the diamonds we've selected for them. From there, we get their feedback and kind of go back and forth and we can do the whole process remotely or they can come in to actually see their favorite options, choose the diamond. And then from there, it's we make a custom ring. So each ring is going to be custom made for the specific diamond that they choose. It usually takes around three to five weeks to create. Everything's handmade here in New York. And then once that's done, the design's approved and then we ship it out with the GIA certificate and insurance appraisal. Wow. That's so crazy. That is such, I love that though, because then you're having like a one of a kind ring, like no one else can have it. You're getting like exactly what you want. And I was like looking on your guys' website. I felt like everything was really affordable. Like I didn't see things that were like too crazy. And in my head, like another myth that I would think is like engagement rings are freaking expensive. Some of them obviously can be, yeah. but I was like, wow, like this is not as much as I thought it was going to be. 
Well, I'd say like back in the day, there were only a few options. There was like, you go like know a guy in like the jewelry district or you buy like luxury retail where you know, like you're overpaying. You're paying like a huge markup for the name brand. And so like our goal was, why do you have to like sacrifice and pay extra for like that level of expertise? So we want to give everyone, you know, a one-on-one really custom experience, like craftsmanship and, and also value for what they're getting. Yeah. I love that. Have you seen any changes in the business during COVID? Yes. So COVID was crazy. There was like a lot of shifts. I would say in the beginning, it was super, super scary because when New York shut down, we always prided ourselves on making everything in New York. Well, what that meant was we couldn't make anything. So we couldn't fulfill orders. All manufacturing was closed. It was like a really dark times. But once like phase one or whatever, we started opening up, we were able to make jewelry again, fulfill orders. Then sales spiked. They were crazy. It was like busier than ever before. And I think it's like probably a combination of things like people being locked in with their partner and quarantine. And they're like, Hey, I think like we should get married. (laughs) Clearly it's working out or not. (laughs) Like people wanted to celebrate things. They might've had like extra money because they weren't spending it on like travel. So we did see a huge spike in engagements during COVID, which was unexpected, but obviously like it was great. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, do you see people more gravitate obviously to the cust- to the custom rings or to the jewelry on your guys' site? Because both was so cute. What do you feel like is like the hot thing? Do people like buy a lot of the jewelry pieces for themselves? Yeah, I would say in terms of volume, obviously like we do more of our collection pieces just because they're more accessible. People can buy multiple at a time. Our, you know, revenue is mostly made up of our engagement because they're a little bit higher price point. But I would say the how the collection happened was like organically too. We were doing the engagement rings and people were coming back to us for wedding bands, like push presents, anniversary. So it just happened naturally. I also was making some jewelry for myself. Like there's this ring on our site called the Olivia ring. And I had just designed that with like extra diamonds for my tennis bracelet. And people kept wanting me to replicate that. So I was like, oh, there's a demand for like fine jewel, everyday fine jewelry, wedding bands, things like that. So that launched in January, 2019, a year after. And it's been one of the fastest growing parts of our business. And now we can, we have a lot of clients that like buy a lot of our collection and then come to us for engagement or people that get engaged. And then they come to us for like their wedding bands and all those follow-up purchases. What's your like craziest story, like good or bad? Something that's happened that's just been like wild. Craziest story, good or bad? Oh my god, I have like crazy stories every single day. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us, tell us. You want to hear them all? Well, in terms of like an engagement ring, yeah, I would say you know we have like I can't get too detailed, but we have like tons of like there's a lot of people involved when it comes to an engagement ring sometimes. So we've had, you know, people that have, you know, had parents being wanting to like chip in without their like children knowing or like one partner or another. And we've had like some requests for crazy styles of rings. Like we've had requests to like, I want my ring to like, look like my dog. And it's like, okay, like how am I going to do something like that? Yeah. What do they mean? They want it to look like their dog. Like the diamonds like laid out in the ring, like a dog. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. So we've had requests for like 
can we put like sand from the beach that we first met at, like somewhere in the ring, like just crazy things like that. And like, sometimes we can make things happen, but not if it's like, not doesn't make structural sense. Yeah. Wow. I've never heard. Okay. The sand thing is kind of cool, but also kind of wild. How does <laughs> someone do that? Where would you put the sand? Well, I mean, I guess like in the mixture of the metal, but then it kind of like degrades the structure of the band. So like, I wouldn't recommend it, but you could, yeah. <laughs> wow. That is that's can, wild. What about a crazy, what about a crazy business story, especially or a crazy living in New York story? Well, the first day I moved to New York was for college and I was like, I just got settled in my dorm at NYU and I was meeting my parents because they were in town for dinner and I hopped in a cab to go meet them uptown. And then we stopped at a red light and a drunk lady like got in the cab with me and she was like, I'm heading uptown to just take me with you. And I was like, I guess this is like how it goes in the city. And she was like wasted. And then we like stopped at another red light. She like rode with us the whole way. And then she jumped out and the cab driver was like, did you know that lady? And I was like, no, she just got in here and said she was heading uptown. And he like lectured me. He's like, you have to be safer. Like this city, you can't just like let people like take your ride. Like it was one of the wildest things that ever happened to me. And it was like the first day I moved here. Wow. That was a little prep. That was a little prep yeah. New York. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I, I was just like, I was so, I came like from boarding school, like in the middle of nowhere. So I was like, so sheltered and had like no idea what was going on. I was like, I guess this is like how it goes. <laughs> You're like, I'll just allow her in. She seems nice. Yeah. A little dry. Yeah. I was like, she seems like harmless, but I guess like I can take her uptown. I'm already going there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You're like extra friend, new friend, yeah. Instagram. <laughs> That's hilarious. There was no Instagram then. That was how long ago it was. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> when Oh, gosh, that was like, what year was that? This was 2009. Wow. Okay, so yeah. when, what year did you get into the 30 under 30 Forbes list? 2020. 2020. So mm-hmm. what was that? Did you apply just for people to know like the background? So I can't remember what came first. If I think we got nominated by someone who, I think, I think you get nominated by someone who won the award before. And then once you get nominated, you apply. And there was like this really long application and then you wait like three months and you like find out. So I think like we sent in our application in like September or October or something. And we found out in December. Wow. That's so interesting. So what were some of the questions? I don't really remember. I think a lot of it had to do with like our revenue, like a lot of like business and like numbers. And then I had to write like an essay on a founder or maybe like a female founder who like I looked up to and why and something like that. Do you have any advice for our listeners who are dreaming about being on the list? It's really interesting because I remember years ago having a conversation with Kyle being like, oh my God, like that would be like the ultimate goal. Like that will never happen. So that was like a really, I think the list, like more than anything, it was a very surreal moment that like, it was like a clear indication of like reaching like a a concrete goal that I had. So that was the coolest part about it, but it doesn't, nothing really like changes. Like you think that once like you, and that was the weirdest thing. Like you set these goals and you're like, okay, I hit it. And now like you think everything's going to be perfect and how you dreamed it, but like really nothing changes. Like now you just like, it's cool. Like we have 
I, I got something I always wanted, but in terms of like our business, it's like, okay, now back to the grind, back to doing like what we've been doing. Like nothing really has like changed at all. You know, has it opened any like doors that were closed before? or Has anything happened after the list that it's kind of led to? Well, it's weird. Cause we got, we got it in 2020. So then right after this was de- December, 2019, that it was announced. And I know there were like so many cool opportunities we were looking to and like meetups with other founders in 2020, but then obviously COVID happened. So we, I think we missed out on a lot of stuff that could have been cool. I think, you know, it obviously gives you a bit more recognition. Like you're asking me about it, like a bit more, maybe like trustworthiness or like it kind of like legitimizes you a bit, but I don't think it like has really like, not that I know of has opened any extra doors or has any significant impact like on myself or the business. What are some other like milestones that you want to hit? We, I love to like speak them into existence. So I'm like, we're manifesting here. I know it's crazy. I mean, the thing is I never had like such lofty like goals or aspirations. Like even growing up, like I was like pretty average always. And I never like aspired to be an entrepreneur. I never aspired to have like the, a team or an office or like the business that I have. So like I'm already like exceeding like my own expectations. So I, I would like to continue to grow the business. I would like to, you know, create like a new avenue, a new way of like purchasing luxury goods and fine jewelry. I'd love to really, like expand into other areas. But it's so hard when you're a founder and you're like doing like your heads down day to day. Like sometimes you do need to like take a step back and kind of like envision and manifest like for future goals. What do you want to be known for? I want to be known for like shaking things up, like changing the way things that have been done the same way for generations, like flipping that on its head. Like, and I think, you know, when you see something is like, that is the way it is like to just not take that at face value to be like, but why and question it and see how you can do it better. That was a great answer. I like <laughs> do you have any book podcasts or resource recommendations for our audience? So actually when it's really embarrassing, I don't really read. And that's like a problem of mine since I was younger. (laughs) Like I'm just like not a reader. I do like podcasts when I have the time to listen to them. But when I was starting, when I was starting to envision like starting my own business and then kind of hyping myself up, letting me like being like, it's okay. Like you can do it. I listened to a ton of podcasts, a lot with female founders. I know this is probably, you know, one that's mentioned a lot, but I listened to like every episode of how I built this like that year, probably just to get like different perspectives on how businesses are done and that there's like not a one size fits all way of starting your own thing. And I think it really helped give me a bit of confidence, just like hearing the background and the stories of like different, not just like female founders, but just like founders of different ages, different backgrounds. And yeah, I think, you know, as many resources as you can get your hands on, it's always great to hear different perspectives. I know multiple people have said how I built this and I need, I will tune in today because I've heard it's really good. I love that too. I like love listening to different interviews with people because you get like such a different perspective than you might like from their book or on Instagram and they like share so many other little tidbits. So I'll check out how I bet how I built this. Where yeah. All the TBB babes find you, follow you, come say hello. So you can follow us on Instagram or on TikTok at The Clear Cut. I'm personally at Olivia Landau and our website is www.theclearcut.co. 
Perfect. I will be sharing this episode with my boyfriend as well. So when the time <laughs> comes, honey, <laughs> I'm going like, to send you, send you to Olivia. He's like giggling in the background over there. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on and saying hello to the TVB babes and telling us all about the diamonds. This was like so interesting to me and I loved it. So thank, thank you, you so much. And TVB babes, make sure to go say hello and we will see you next Thursday. Thursday.